We spend too much time listening to the terrible negative thoughts roaming around in our heads. Self-talk is positive. This is a chance to do more of it. This is Jacob's Affirmations. Good morning once again. Welcome back to Jacob's Affirmations, my favorite episode every single week, Forum Friday, filming live on Instagram. It's a lot of fun. So thank you guys for joining, being part of the conversation, being engaged. It makes this enjoyable. It makes it extremely, extremely rewarding. And this is shaping up to be my biggest week ever. So I appreciate you guys sharing the podcast, letting friends know about it. And then also just letting me know what people are saying about it. I mean, it's, it really is a cool experience when I get to hear from you guys what your biggest takeaways are, what you're learning, the action you're taking. That's what it's all about. Shout out Rungum also. Got my new shipment today. At Rungum on Instagram and Twitter. First question from Tiana. How do you overcome fear to reach your goals? And so, Tiana, for me, what I'm more afraid of is not taking action. I'm more afraid of seeing the potential, the the people I can help out, how far I can get in my life as far as having big, ambitious goals. I'm more afraid of being on my last day and looking back at my life and realizing I wasted time. I could have made more happen. I could have helped more people out by taking action. So for me, those are the things that I'm really afraid of. And that sort of mentality kind of conquers any sort of in-the-moment fear that I have that maybe prevents me from taking action, like having somebody judge me for doing something. Like being on Instagram Live, like some people might look at that, like, who does this guy think that he is? Like, why is he on here talking all this nonsense? I don't care what he has to say. And that's fine, because maybe there's three people that are going to hear this and be like, boom, I connected with that. I can take action now. I'm going to make something happen. I believe in myself a little bit more now. I needed to hear what he was talking about. Those are the kind of things I'm afraid of is not having that impact on that person when I had the opportunity to or the potential was there. And so for me, I really think about what's going to happen if I don't take action, if I don't move forward. And that propels me into action and helps me reach my goals. So that might be a different way to think about it. It's really easy to get caught in that moment where we just are paralyzed by how much we analyze things. And it prevents us from moving forward because we think of all these what-if sort of scenarios. When the fact is, we should also be thinking about what's going to happen if we don't move forward. We're going to stay where we are. And if we're dissatisfied, that's the last thing we want. So I hope that helps, Tiana. Great question. Because fear is real. I mean, we can just sometimes get caught in a spot where we don't want to move forward. And it's tough to get out of. You know, we need an optimistic person there. We need an optimistic perspective, somebody to help us. And if you don't have that at home, find it. Find a positive person. Talk to that person a lot. You're going to need that to push you forward. As part of the rules for Forum Friday, if my dad ever has a question, I have to answer it. Follow him on Instagram, at author David Espy. His question is, how does a leader handle a disruption by two employees? A work disagreement was his example. And so if you have two people on your team that are arguing about something and they aren't seeing eye to eye, you really need to put it back on them. Be willing to be a facilitator if necessary. But if they're both individually coming to you about a problem, the first question needs to be, are you talking to this other? Have you talked to them about it? What did they say when you talked to them about it? 
how can I help you resolve the situation? As opposed to stepping in and trying to fix things for everybody. Because as a leader, that's the last thing you want is all of your people coming to you with every single problem. Your role as a leader is to teach them how to be problem solvers. Teach them how to be more effective leaders. So for me, that's really the perspective I have is putting it back on them and helping them solve the problem amongst each other and having as little engagement as possible. And really making sure I'm providing context as well. So helping them understand what they are actually upset about. Because not everybody has a sense of self-awareness or emotional intelligence to really understand why they are actually upset and what it is that actually is bothering them. So sometimes having that conversation, asking some questions will help get to the root of the problem, which makes it easier for them to have the conversation with their peer. It's a good question, Dad. Thank you. So here's a question from Raymond. He actually, uh, on Twitter, follow him at Ray Devante, which is D-E-V-A-N-T-E. He asked me four questions, and I love all of them, so I'm going to answer all four of them. Um, the first question, though, how do you navigate leading a team when you feel ill-equipped? And I actually had this experience. I managed a retail store for a year. My background in leadership was care at the time. And so moving to retail was an entirely new experience. I really knew nothing about the operation or how things were supposed to work. Um, but what I did know was how to manage people and how to motivate people and inspire people. So I think when you feel ill-equipped, you really need to leverage your strengths and remind yourself what you are actually good at. How you lead team, how have you led teams in the past? How did you find success in the past? And do your best to recreate it. And it actually gave me an advantage because I was able to really empower the people in the store because I had to leverage them for their knowledge base. So I had to trust them and I had to ask their opinion on what we should do in different sort of situations. So it really created a very engaged and empowered environment where they felt a lot of ownership in the store. So I think feeling ill-equipped, the first thing we should do is understand our own skill set. And then also understand the skill set around us, because it's not our job as a leader to know everything. It never should be. It's not a role to fix every problem. It's not our role to come up with every single solution, but it is our role to understand our people. And so if we understand our skill set and we understand the skill set of the people around us, we can win in any situation. It doesn't matter. So good question, right? Thank you. I hope that helps. Another question he had, how do you handle stress while leading a team? And I think anytime you're dealing with any sort of emotion, that isn't a positive emotion. The foundation is really figuring out what is it about this situation that is making me stressed out. So I think that's where it starts and really kind of digging deep into that. Is it a certain person? Are we frustrated because we're not having the impact we want? And then sometimes even, is it actually a work situation? So I think at first it starts with like figuring out at the root of it, what is the problem? Why are we feeling this way? And then removing ourselves from that emotion and not labeling ourselves as that emotion, but understanding we are feeling that emotion, and then just getting to work. Like, what can we do? A lot of times when stress just carries on us and it weighs down on us is because we're focused on things that are completely out of our control. People that we can't control, situations that are you know above us, decisions that are being made that we have no say in, that can really can carry a lot of weight on us. Um, but we really need to focus on the things that we have control of. How do we make the best of this situation? What do we do to get the most out of it? What do we need to do right now to make sure we get the most out of the situation? And really stress in general handling it, it comes with understanding that we only have control over certain things. And anything that's not in our control over, we need to just let it go. If we're focused on the things 
that we have control over, that should consume so much of our energy that we don't really even have time to focus on the other things, the things that are outside of our, our control. And there really are, if you think of concern, there's two circles. There's a circle of concern, which is a big circle. Then inside of that circle, there's a circle of control. And that's where our attention needs to be, the things that we have control over. And that, for me, that's a, a great remedy for stress. And it allows me to feel productive when I'm at work and getting things done. Next question here from Ray. What's your process in not letting your identity be found in work? This is really about identifying values. Like what is most valuable to you? What's most valuable to me? What do I really want to accomplish in my life? And it should be bigger than our work. If everything that we have, our entire identity is within our work or accomplishing this goal, hitting this mark, we need to take a step back and really look at the big picture. Like God is good. He gave us so much. There is so much on this earth for us to enjoy beyond like hitting this mark by a company that we work for, that we are employed by. It's great to be part of a bigger team and want to accomplish goals and we should work hard and we should try to accomplish a lot. But at the same time, like step outside and look outside. If we ever feel like our identity is found in work, look outside. We are on a rock traveling around the sun floating in the galaxy. Like things are so much bigger than we are that if we ever feel our identity is tied to one little thing, we need to check our perspective because we are putting way too much weight on this little thing that is actually insignificant. In the course of history and time, like absolutely insignificant. It doesn't matter at all. Like don't forget that. No matter what we accomplish in our life, as negative, as crazy as potentially sounds, it doesn't matter at all. Isn't that weird? And maybe that's kind of a uh, outside of the box sort of an answer, but it's the truth. Like life is big. Time is big. We want to make the most out of every single moment, but don't ever feel like our identity rides on how we perform in this one area of earth. Like earth is big. The galaxy is ginormous. We're in this one city, this one little person, you know, make the most, have an impact on the people around us. If anything, we should have our identity be defined in is how we impact the people around us and how do we make them feel leaving each day and how did we help people be better people if anything that's what our our impact should be defined in because that's how we're going to leave you know the biggest mark the ripple effects are very real when we show gratitude when we help people out so i just went there so that was interesting last question kind of tied into that one what type of legacy do you want to leave? And I think it's kind of tied into the, uh, the previous question a little bit. Um, when I think of, of legacy, it's really about helping people out. If I want to think about how I want to be remembered, first, I want to be remembered as a man of God. You know, that, that's really my focus. That's my commitment. Um, second, I want to be a good family man. I want people to know. I want my kids to know that I was there for them. I did everything I could to set them up for success and make sure that they were loved and appreciated and had, had guidance. I want my wife to know I was a good husband. I did everything I could to serve her and love her as best as I can. And then I want to make sure everybody else I'm in contact with understands that I love them as people and I wanted them to get better. And I did everything that I could to help them get better. I found every way possible to try to touch as many lives as I could to help people take steps in the right direction. So if I think of legacy, that's what it is. Like I want to be the person that is known as giving people the push forward when they needed it. They give, they were able, that was able to give someone a positive perspective when they needed it. Because we, we need it sometimes. We need somebody there for us. 
And if we're stuck in a place, we don't know how to get out of it, we need someone telling us that it's possible, that we can do it, that it's okay to try, it's okay to fail, it's okay to, to fail. You are going to fail. Not only is it okay to fail, but you are going to fail a lot of times. That's just part of the process. And not letting yourself being defined by 10 failures, but understanding that each time you got better and being defined by the growth and the progress that you made as a person. That's the legacy I want. Growth mindset, I think, is just kind of the definition of the mark I want to leave on on the earth. It's people understanding you can get better. And it's funny because at work, like I, it's almost comical how often I bring it up, growth mindset. But there's a reason for it. It's so impactful. It's the beginning of every single thing. Every great journey starts with the belief that we can get better. And so that's why I talk about it every single time, every opportunity I get. We need to believe we can get better. We also need to believe the people around us can get better because we will act differently when we understand we can get better. We will act differently when we believe in the potential of the people around us. That conversation with our neighbor is going to be so much different if we believe they're capable of great things. We're going to push them a little harder. I think I might call it. I appreciate you guys being here. I'm going to post this on YouTube so you guys can check it out there. Oh, Ash got a question. We'll stop here first. How do you figure out your top priorities in a list, specifically with personal goals? Good question, Ash. So I think first we have to understand and identify our values. Like what's most important to us? Is it family? Is it friends? Is it health? Whatever it might be, and the things will probably be related. Like for me, health and family are tied in. I want to be healthy because I want to live a long life for my kids. I want to be there for them. So sometimes you'll see connection in the values. But it's really identifying that first. And then on the way to the values, we have different goals. And it's like goals might be like losing a certain amount of weight if it's health related, or it might be getting to a certain body fat percentage, or it might be running a 5K in a certain time or whatever it might be. But just finding things that are actually measurable that align with the values that we've created. It's a good question, Ash. Thank you for putting that out there too. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Forum Friday continues to be my favorite episode. It means a lot for me getting questions from you guys, hearing your responses to the answers. So much fun. Check me out on Instagram at Mr. Jacob Espy. I appreciate you guys for joining. Enjoy your weekend and I'll see you guys on Monday.